We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen, riding solo today. Chris Biederman will join me again in the midweek for our full season recap. Today, we'll be more focused on the 49ers Week 17 loss to the Seahawks. Uh, but first, before we get to that, let's chat about Blue Wire Hustle. Blue Wire Hustle, it's a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. That's right. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast, start a podcast, and you just don't know where to start, Hustle's the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed to Apple, Spotify, Google Stitcher, and all the other listening platforms. People ask me all the time, Kyle, how do I get started with a podcast? With programs like Blue Wire Hustle. And the best part is, you can get all of this for only $15 a month. The same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So normally a hosting site is going to charge you what Blue Wire Hustle is charging you just to put your podcast online. Blue Wire is doing that plus getting you started. It's your one-stop shop. If you want to start a podcast or if you're hosting a podcast and you want to blow it up, this is the way to do it. So whether you're starting from scratch or you have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join, and you can check out the description box for this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. Blue Wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown. Kittle is going to go! 
as a disappointing loss for the 49ers in Week 17, a 26-23 final. They fall to the Seattle Seahawks and drop to 6-10 on the season. And there aren't a lot of worse ways to end a year. I mean, okay, there are, and we'll get to that in a second. But the 49ers led this one 16-6 in the fourth quarter. They played sensational on the defensive side all day. And then Seattle goes down. They get a touchdown. Niners punt. Seattle gets a touchdown. Niners fumble. Seattle gets a touchdown. All of a sudden, the game's out of hand (laughs) with less than two minutes to go in the fourth quarter. So while it was disappointing for the 49ers to lose, they had a chance to go 7-9. and They had a chance to knock off the the division-winning Seahawks in the final week of the year. Uh, and instead, they 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 lose to Seattle, and they fall to six and ten, and that's that. It was a disappointing way to end a disappointing year. But hey, it could have been worse. <laughs> it 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 to me, there's there's like an ongoing debate in sports and with sports fans where. You know, there's would you rather get would you rather get blown out or, or lose at the last second? And I think in a lot of instances, you'd rather get blown out than than drop a 10-point fourth-quarter lead. But in this case, for San Francisco, I think that the fact they went in, so they, they were eliminated, for, eliminated from the playoffs in Week 15, which means they had, they were mathematically eliminated in Week 15 which means they had two games to play where they were literally playing for for nothing. They were playing for for pride and to try and play spoiler. And they went into week 16 and they played very well and they earned a win against the Cardinals, a 20 to 12 victory. And then they went into week 17 and gave a good Seattle team all they could handle. And I think that bodes very well for the 49ers moving forward where they have such a disappointing year with so much adversity and yet they were still on the field in week 17 playing their asses off and if you were not into the moral victory thing that's fine I totally understand a loss is a loss is a loss I totally understand that but zooming out and looking big picture getting out of the win and loss column and looking at what the end of this season, you know, sort of meant for San Francisco, you have to feel pretty good about how they looked over the final two weeks. And you have to you have to think that one or two healthy players for all of or most of the season has this year looking a lot different. Which if you then spin that forward, you start feeling a lot better about 2021. And I think anybody that watched this team and followed this team, which if you're listening to this podcast, you probably do. You probably already know that, hey, a healthier version of this team is going to look a lot better. And I think the last two weeks really drove that point home. Uh, and, And especially on Sunday, where they were up 10 against a good Seattle team and really stifled a good Seattle offense for for three plus quarters. And that came on the heels of allowing just 12 points to a good Arizona offense. And that brings us to Robert Sala, who very well might have 
probably did, very likely has coached his last game for the 49ers. Head coach Kyle Shanahan said that Salah has an interview with the Falcons, which confirmed a report from Fox's Jay Glazer. And games like Sunday and Week 16 against Arizona, and I talked about this on last week's podcast, but games like this are why teams are so high on Salah as a head coaching candidate. Because guys just play for him. And we saw it in week 16. We saw it in week 17. And if there's any quarterback, well, not any quarterback. <laughs> if it's Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes, it might go the same way. But but if it's anybody but an elite quarterback under center for Seattle, the Niners very likely win on Sunday. Russell Wilson just made a couple of plays that there's not really a defense for. And the fact that San Francisco is forcing, even 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 Seattle's go-ahead touchdown in the fourth quarter to make it 19-16, to 16, even that touchdown came on a fourth and goal. Because San Francisco's defense wasn't going to just lay down and and let them walk into the end zone. And I think that speaks volumes about Salah as a, as a, as a defensive coordinator. And like I said, I'm not going to belabor this point because I went over it a lot last week. But... Week 17, again, the 49ers, if they had just tossed their helmets on the field and, and lost by 40, it would have been very hard to to blame them. Like, they got to go home, back to the Bay Area after spending more than a month in Arizona, away from their families, away from their homes. And they went out and they did everything they possibly could to win. But they went into the game with injury issues and Sunday wound up just kind of being a microcosm of the season. They were super banged up. Jeff Wilson Jr. was their leading rusher. He was their fourth different. So he was their leading rusher for the game with 76 yards and a touchdown. But he was also their leading rusher for the season, their fourth different leading rusher in his many years. Uh, C.J. Beathard obviously started at quarterback. Kendrick Bourne led the team in receiving yards with 76. Richie James had 66 receiving yards his second most of the year. And... It it was a shell of the 49ers. It was <laughs> it was not the team that, that they expected to be fielding when they faced Seattle in week 17. This was supposed to be a game that might decide the division. And instead it was it was meaningless for San Francisco in part because of their injury issues. And they wound up ultimately losing the touchdown that, that put the game away and made it a twenty-six to sixteen game with less than two minutes left. Came on a CJ Beathard fumble. And Seattle scored a couple plays later. So it's points off turnovers, something that that plagued the 49ers really all year, but but mainly in the last few weeks when they were trying to stay alive in the playoff race. It was a huge issue for them, the giveaways and then allowing points, and they and they did it. They did it with less than two minutes left on Sunday. It was their only turnover of the game, and it wound up being a big one. And it came off the left side where Justin School was starting for the injured Trent Williams. So once again, injuries. It's just I I I'm, I understand that injuries aren't an excuse, and I'm not trying to say that the 49ers should be qualified for the playoffs. They didn't. They did not earn that. But when you're zooming out and you're looking at what this team has at its disposal going into next year, you have to feel pretty good about what their situation looks like. There's questions to answer in the secondary. I know we'll talk a lot about the quarterback over the offseason, although I expect it to be Jimmy Garoppolo starting. We'll see how that goes. There's still questions they have to answer, but you, it, it was it was it was a tough loss on Sunday, but 
given the circumstances, it was hard to feel like the 49ers failed in some way. And again, if you're listening to this and you're a 49er fan and you want to throw your phone or whatever device you're listening on out the nearest window because a loss is a loss is a loss, that's fine. I understand. Please don't do that. These, the device you're probably listening on is expensive. So don't destroy it. <laughs> but I, 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 I do think, again, it was a disappointing loss. Don't get me wrong, but. I think for the 49ers, ultimately, given some of the individual performances they saw in this game and how this game went, uh, they they have to feel pretty good. Now, like I now, like I said, they gotta they gotta fix some roster questions. They're gonna have some some coaching vacancies, especially if Salah leaves or when Salah leaves, if he takes any assistance with him, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to fill those those spots. And they're going to have to do so effectively. They're going to have to figure out what to do, not only at their starting quarterback, but really in their quarterback room in general. That They might get a serious overhaul there. They're going to have some free agency decisions to make. Fred Warner is up for an extension. Although he's under contract for next year, he's just eligible for an extension. So that's where, that's where the 49ers are at. And it would have been, I, I think they obviously would have preferred to end the season on a high note with a win, but I I have a hard time finding a lot of reasons for 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 shame and how they how they perform Sunday. That's all. The loss ensures that they move up the draft board thanks to wins from the Chargers, the Vikings, and New England. The Chargers were sitting with like a top five pick, and then they won their final four games to move to seven and nine. They now pick 13th. They're behind the 49ers. San Francisco will pick 12th behind the Giants, who beat Dallas. Dallas picks 10th. Uh, Denver, had they had Denver beaten the Raiders, but they gave up a, a, a touchdown with 24 seconds left, and then the Raiders converted a two-point conversion um, to go ahead by one, and then Denver had a 60-yard field goal blocked at the end of regulation. Had Denver won that one, the Niners would have picked 11th, I believe, if my math is right. It is. The Niners would have picked 11th. And had they lost to Arizona, they would have picked uh, 9th. But, like I said, had they lost to Arizona and then lost to Seattle the way they did, I, I think it would have been harder to feel good about them going into the offseason. And the 12th pick is still, they can still do some damage with that, especially considering they have a, a what should be a Pro Bowl-ready roster. That gives them some maneuverability if there's a quarterback they really like and they want to trade up, or if they want to move down the board a little bit, if they don't want to draft a quarterback in the first round and there's one there at 12 and a team wants to trade up for one, gives them the ability to move back. Um, and we'll talk about all those scenarios, you know, as we go through the offs and the draft still four months away. But overall, coming out of a 26-23 loss to the rival Seattle Seahawks, I I think Sunday was was overall a success for the 49ers. Because I frankly was expecting a lot, a lot worse 
than what we saw. They played well for the most part on the offensive side, although they did get off to a very slow start, which was definitely concerning. They punted, let's see, I have it here in my notes. They punted four times and in their first three drives gained 24 yards. They had one first down. But then they went field goal, field goal, field goal, touchdown. And I think that stretch was a was a really, really good stretch. They ripped off 16 unanswered points against a Seattle defense that had been playing really well. Um, and they were holding a, a Seattle offense that's been very explosive all year. Um, playing playing very well on the defensive side. Like it was just overall, it was an ugly game. It wasn't it wasn't a super super um you know high flying offensive game. Uh, it was just kind of a lot of a lot of incompletions and <laughs> and and it wasn't I don't want to say it was boring, but it was uneventful. And the Niners were were the better team for for most of the game, but when it came down to brass tacks, the the Seahawks are healthier, and they are a more talented team as of right now, and it showed, especially especially in the final uh, fourteen minutes and twenty two seconds, which is when Seattle took over after the Niners touchdown to go up by ten. And if you're San Francisco, you're pretty bummed out about it. But like I said, given given what the 2020 season was from an injury standpoint, starting before training camp and then throughout training camp, and then really starting in week two when Nick Bosa, Jimmy Garoppolo, Raheem Mostert all went down, I mean, at, at, at that point, it, it looked like the, if you were reading tea leaves, it looked like it was going to be hard for the 49ers to be super competitive all year. And they were... Actually, given given those circumstances, I thought they were they were actually wound up being better than I thought they were going to be. But it was hard to imagine if they were going to miss Garoppolo for an extended period of time, and they weren't going to have Nick Bosa for the year, and they weren't going to have Raheem Mostert for an extended period of time. It it looked like they were going to struggle to win games, and that's ultimately kind of what ended up happening. So the season's over now, and I think mercifully so. <laughs> They have a chance to regroup in the offseason. They have a chance to get healthier in the offseason. If you're going to have an injury like that to a guy like Nick Bosa, you wanted earlier in the season, he appears to be on track to be to be ready to go next year, which is which is good news. And a guy like Raheem Mostert, who was dealing with the high ankle sprain, should be good to go. Jimmy Garoppolo, if he is going to be their guy going into next season, he should be fully healed from his high ankle sprains. You just feel... You feel pretty good about where this team's at. And if they can stay healthy, there's no reason they shouldn't be. They stay healthy in draft, well, I should say. There's no reason they shouldn't be in playoff contention next year. And one of the teams favored to go to the Super Bowl from the NFC. I think this is still a really good Niner team. And losing 26-23 instead of winning 16-12 to in Week 17 of the 2020 season doesn't really change that. In fact, I, I think their performance on Sunday made me feel better about their chances to contend next year. So, that's where I'm at. Thanks so much for listening to Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Chris will be back later in the week when we do a larger season recap 
and look ahead to what's coming in the 2021 offseason. Really looking forward to the playoffs. It's going to be, there's some fun matchups slated. Uh, Titans-Ravens matchup in round one uh, in the the AFC side is going to be a lot of fun. So thanks everybody so much for listening and we will catch you guys later on in the week. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.